Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All trick, no treat. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. The Parker County teenager who murdered his mother and sister pleaded guilty to the crimes and will be sent to prison. Jacob Evans called 911 after the murders and described himself as evil. On October 3rd, 2012, Jake Evans killed his mother and 15-year-old sister inside their home in Aledo, Texas. And the cause? Rob Zombie's Halloween. Not the original Halloween, the remake of Halloween, the 2007. So we're going to be doing two murders that were inspired by the Halloween franchise. Oh, no. Oh, yes. You know, you can get your scares if you get them safely, but it can't turn violent. I don't want it to turn violent. And these, I I found one case, and then I found another one, and I was like, whoa. that's a lot. So I was like... We're getting two for the price of zero, I guess. <laughs> oh, if your time is worth zero. Day. And if you are interested in supporting our Patreon, mm-hmm. it's patreon.com slash ghost town pod, bonus episodes, episodes with no ads, mm-hmm. bonus episodes. None of this. Other fun stuff. Shameless promotion on the Patreon. It's hard because I love horror movies and obviously we love haunted things and true crime things. But I think there's a particular part of me that – my heart hurts the most when it's like this piece of, you know, like art or media or whatever, people take it too far. Like we talked about, you know, the Slender Man killings and all kinds of things uh, that have unfortunate effects to like a piece of entertainment. And I think it's so frustrating to hear about that stuff because it's so far from what it was, its original intentions. I mean, music would be the first thing that I think of. People that have claimed to have done things because a song totally. told them to do it. And there's yeah. a lot of famous 
court cases, mm-hmm. uh, suicide solution. Yeah. And of course, video games. Yeah, video games of- for sure. I mean, classically, Helter Skelter with the Manson murders. The, yeah, there's so many things. And again, it's not, it's like, don't stop making these things. But I think it's so frustrating because it speaks to the disconnect between making something and then the effects of it and how dark it can really get. And if everyone was affected by every single movie or song or book, everyone would be doing those things. It'd be overwhelming. So I think it's fair not to place the blame on the art. Yeah, no. That's not what... I want to do. I mean, it's not, it's not no one's fault. It's really the fault of like a system and a lot of converging factors, very complicated and sad factors, I'm sure. The the story of Jake Evans, it's, it's very recent. I, f- I found them both disturbing, but there's just more information that I found on, on this one. The way th- he describes and the way things were happening, he was all in real time. And he seemed to be both compelled to do it. And I'm, Assuming somewhat remorseful or had some sense of what he was doing, mm-hmm. that it was wrong, but for whatever reason had no control over doing it. He had a four-page confession uh, a day after the killings, and he said, I started watching Rob Zombie's Halloween, and it was the third time that week that he watched it. I think it's fair to say that it wasn't like everything was hunky-dory. Of course. You and know? then watched Halloween the the more recent one three times and he's like you know what i've changed all my point of views about exactly. everything my moral compass has completely shifted and he actually he didn't want people to think it had anything to do with it so he actually hid the movie because he didn't want to didn't want uh, unfairly to blame this movie or or maybe distract on his purpose i don't know why but that he was actively thinking that it you know they obviously found out and he yeah. mentioned it but he also mentioned purposefully throwing it away totally well that's i mean it just speaks to his uh level of sanity too and self-reflection that he was trying to hide that fact from being you know a showcased thing and in, in why he did this and again even the umbrella of this episode that we're doing right now is about the the movie and the effects of the movie he also empathized with michael myers mm-hmm. his Michael Myers' lack of empathy. The, the character of Michael Myers is, has evolved and has kind of changed and warped over the years for those fans of the franchise or horror movie fans. But I guess it's fair to say you can make that assumption that he, he lacks empathy. Yeah. And he felt empathy with his lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. So he's like – so therefore he's somewhat empathetic. So he doesn't really truly lack empathy. Yeah, it's like he's almost watching himself through like a glass window and being like, oh, that's okay. That's not good for these people, but is disconnected from it? Is that what you mean? I don't know. It's a very strange, mm-hmm. very, it's a very, seems like a very aware case. It wasn't a case where he was like, I did this. I had a blackout moment or I had a, yeah. a psychological reaction to something. I don't know. I can't really speak to a lot of that just based mm-hmm. on the information I'm seeing. It seemed to happen slow enough where it was premeditated and was very lucid in mm-hmm. what was going on. I'm sure there's other factors that, that maybe have been established later on yeah. as he's you know, 17 at the time. Kind of a weird time yeah, for, so for, for anybody who's 17 or really any age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's kind of an interesting 
thing that, he, that his choice of omission and his lucidity and his empathetic viewpoint, all very interesting. And God, yeah, just being 17. So that after, after he watched the movie, he put it back in the case and threw it in the trash can so that people wouldn't think that it influenced me in any way. He put it back in the case. Yeah, put it right on the top of the trash can pile. I don't know. I, I, I guess, but people must have, you know, I don't know. If people also found it, or he just decided when he, you know, wrote his confession that he included it in there. Mm-hmm. Could have omitted that part, but I guess if he did, maybe wouldn't be talking about this right now. I guess. I mean, that's the only, yeah, only real difference. While his mother and sister were watching the presidential debate oh, in boy. 2012. Oh my God, no! So this kind of comes. Around again, yeah. As things do every four years. Yes, they do. And at while they were watching that, he was kind of consumed with how he would murder his family. Then he grabbed a kitchen knife, like Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. But then he decided that it would be too painful for them. Like he had the mercy in his mind. He's like, I'm going to get a gun instead because I feel like that would be more direct. Yeah, less painful. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel insane at all. It, uh, it feels very calculated and mercy. Yeah, interesting details here. So he comes out with a gun. His sister sees him. You know, she kind of catches him in per- her peripheral, mm-hmm. and he points it at her and thought he was joking. I don't know what their history with guns are, or mm-hmm. what you know the and if he's was a jokester or he had like a pretty chill personality. Yeah. But I guess maybe I would think the same thing. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you're a house that maybe has guns Mm -hmm. or whatever their relationship with, with guns, I would be pretty much freaked out. I would be like funny prank. I would be, don't, don't Mm -mm. do that. I, this is upsetting. Yeah. And she was like, Hey, you're freaking me out. And he shot her in the back and then the head. And then he goes down and shoots his mom three God. times. And more on Halloween, he was he was amazed how easily, even as a kid, Michael Myers would murder. He began plotting on the morning of October third. He was like, it was pretty much like that. I, I have to imagine though that can be the first time he thought about murdering his family, yeah, or, or at least having like, some really dark thoughts, yeah. Definitely. The murder murders actually got cut short to what his initial plan was. He wanted to murder his whole family. He wanted to go to his grandparents' house. Extended family, too. And older sister oh. that weren't in the house. But at some point, he decided he was just like, uh, I can't, you know, he couldn't do anymore. So he got this gun from his, his, uh, his grandfather. He mm-hmm. stole it from, he stole a handgun from his grandfather. Mm-hmm. I guess he didn't know it was missing or maybe Something. I maybe you have it, you know, you're in a lockbox and you have it away and, and you don't really know that, that I guess, it's missing. But he, he would he would have to know the whereabouts of that gun, though. So that, sure. So guns are being talked about in this family, which, again, is a comment on our gun culture and like how dangerous it can be. It's in Texas and not that mm-hmm. everyone in Texas is like, gun of course yeah. not. Or And there's plenty of responsible gun owners out there that have, uh, un, you know, that. But sure, it t- it, but it. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, there's, there's I, again, people out there that are very responsible, but there's enough yes. that are not responsible. And that you makes just it don't know the people show. around you. That grandfather could have been the most responsible person ever, but his grandson got a hold of this gun 
who was very troubled and used it. He just spent time walking around the house thinking about how his life would never be the same and how he would not see them again. He was almost thinking like, after this is the point of no return mm-hmm. and this will be the situation. When they talk about premeditated, mm-hmm. I mean, this is as premeditated yeah, as it gets. There's, definitely. there's really, I'm sure there's an urge factor and an instinct factor and maybe the next day he would not want to do it. A lot of steps have to happen before this Mm-hmm. could happen. And the fact that I assume this is during his confession, he's telling people that he was thinking about how his life would be without these people that he was about to kill. That's a lot. Those are a lot of steps and leaps and, you know, progressions and judgment. And according to all that's interesting, Evans writes that a fear of his own family were becoming the people that I hate drove him to commit the murders he shot his sister as she exited the room, mm-hmm. shot his mother who's in the den, and upon hearing noises from his sister who was not dead, mm. he went back, shot her again after telling her that he was sorry. Man, so that's the why. He fears that he they're becoming somebody that he doesn't want them to be. And before he could kill his grandparents and other two sisters, he I think one was been back from college. Mm-hmm. He called 911 on himself, mm-hmm. essentially, which shows some sort of empathy. I'm trying to find I mean, the sorries, the wanting to do it mercifully, it's it's like this split personality. It's it could be that, yeah. It could be- Very uh, confusing. I, don't, I mean, I'm not an expert. And yeah, for sure. Like most people, but I'm sure that- I mean, there's psychological issues. It's, it's I don't know if they're checked or unchecked or diagnosed or undiagnosed, but mm-hmm. they were- Definitely there. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of things we profile on this podcast, too, it's very like they're, they plead, you know, insanity or they have have this like cold-blooded, you know, relationship to the killing that they do. This is not like that at all. This feels much softer and, again, much more complicated in that respect. And it was a 20-minute 911 call. He described exactly what he did and partially why he said he felt suffocated by them and he had been planning to kill somebody for a while and i mean what's the closest yeah. who, who feels the most safe around you yeah definitely who, who's going to be the least on guard is your own family yeah and in 2015 he pled guilty and received 45 years maybe because he was 17 i don't know mm-hmm. i for, i saw one instance where it was 45 years for each his mother and his sister, but then mm-hmm. a lot of other things I read 45 years in total. And maybe that's mm-hmm. because of his age. Yeah. Um, the, I'm sure there is some remorsefulness in there, but so at age, tw- uh, at age 20, he was sentenced for 45 years. So he mm-hmm. will, I mean, you know, get out in good behavior. Maybe, uh, maybe let's put down the candy and take a little break. But when we come back, Another Halloween-related murder. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hello. What, hi. What's going on? This is a check-in. Do check you know in. what's going on? Do you know what's going on? We don't, I know. don't. We don't know what's going on. We're in it. Not to win it. Not just to survive it. What's I the think. opposite? To win it? To lose it? No, I think Am the opposite I would it? just be survive. I think it would just be to baseline. Baseline. Yeah. Flatline. I mean, we have fried of, chicken on the way. We do have fried I chicken. Can't this complain. is Rebecca's birthday this fried is my chicken. Birthday fried I'm, chicken meal. Um, happening in real time. You are here as we're waiting for it. So you're welcome. We would be way more sluggish if. Yeah, if we ate be- beforehand. Mercifully, Jason was like, "Let's eat after we record." So you're not getting – you're getting just my regular natural sluggishness, not the fried chicken sluggishness. I want to say hello to our political leaders. Mm-hmm. They lead us into victory every single week. Every time. I don't get canvassing texts about them because they are in office going strong. Hello to the mayors, Brandon Gaddis, Jeanette Link, mm-hmm. Ben Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Ashley Matson, Thank you. And our one and only governor, of still governor, course. holding the line. Oh, baby. Chris Witt. Chris Witt. Christopher, we got it. What's some good, like, political middle name for him? Christopher. Christopher um, Gene Andrew. Witt. Oh, oh Andrew. I like, like, like but Andrew's, Andrew's good, though, dignified. too. Like Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was going to say Wayne, but that's really more of a serial killer middle name. We would never. No, no, no. We would never. We would never. We would never. Wayne you. We're not going to Wayne you. We would never do that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for more Halloween based content, mm-hmm. you can go to link in the show notes or go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Check out the Halloween filming locations. Mm-hmm. And if you have a YouTube channel, you know, if you don't really use it, but if you have one, subscribe to it. Yeah. Give it a thumbs up. Give any of the videos a thumbs up. It helps get the word out about Halloween Ghost Town. Miracle. And actually, there's another that's not on the video, another Halloween location that I went to yesterday after I did Ooh. some Back to the Future locations <gasps> coming up. That's on our TikTok, which is Ghost Town Pod. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Thank you to anyone who's done any Apple reviews. Taking a couple more hits. So if you want to give us, and you haven't yet, a rate and review on Apple Podcast, please do it. Please. And somebody reached out and wanted to buy an autographed copy of the book. Amazing. Caitlin, thank you. Caitlin. You're very kind. We're going to be, I have the book right here. It's right not here. My phone until is resting on it. And you will have it sometime this week. It might not be the time you're listening to this, but maybe. It may be. Who knows? Who knows? The postal system is, you know, it's it's what it is. And, figure it out. And that's the roll mm-hmm. of the dice for that. Today, when you're listening to this, we have mm-hmm. a an event. We do. For Book Soup. Yes. So you go to booksoup.com. Mm-hmm. You'll find it. It's all there. Exactly. If We're you're gonna- listening and this episode ends too short, sometime before 6 p.m. Pacific time, log on. Check it out. Booksoup.com. It's a very... It's an indie bookstore yeah, here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's actually very – like we did something for Skylight that's going to happen um, in the future for their podcast. But but BookSoup is like the iconic kind of indie bookstore 
in L.A. They I just had say. Rob Halford from Judas Priest Ooh. did one, and then uh, us. <laughs> Hi. Uh, can we? We're headlining this. Yeah, can we hang out here for a little bit? Metal fest. I don't want to leave. So how about another Halloween-based murder from the original series? We're going to oh, go back to 1981. Go back. We started with the reboot murder, and now we're going to go back to the original murder. I think that's a good plan. On December 7th, 1982, Richard Delmer Boyer was a handyman from El Monte, California. Mm-hmm. Very close to where we are. Stabbed Francis and Eileen Harbits to death with a knife in their Fullerton home. And how, why he was in Fullerton from El Monte, which is like east of Pasadena, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Why he was down in Fullerton. Why them? Not really sure. Not sure. But it's 1982. Uh-huh. And Halloween 2 came out in 1981. Okay. And the name of this case is unofficially The Halloween 2 Murders. So the movie Halloween 2 is loosely connected and influenced this murder. Mm. But on the plus side, there's like 11 Halloween movies. Yeah. And more coming out. The ratio is pretty good. The ratio is pretty good. Yeah. The murder quotient is low for this series of horror films. He stabbed Francis. 24 times, and Eileen, 19 times. Mm-hmm. So his defense is that he suffered from hallucinations brought on by the movie Halloween 2, the scene where they Michael Myers murders an elderly couple. Ugh. And for some reason that resonated with him, I guess. Uh-huh. He told the jury that he watched the film under the influence of PCP, marijuana, alcohol, and there's a scene of Michael killing an elderly couple, and that was the inspiration. So that was all kind of happening at once. I have a feeling the PCP might have done the heavy lifting on yeah. what that did and yeah. also what might have been going on in his mind and to PCP, who he was. It's not – don't fuck around with it. This one seems – if we're comparing it to the other one, seems a little more – premeditated but a little more driven by something a little less personal and a mm-hmm. little more drug induced and you know trying to money or trying to mm-hmm. attain something and this is the first time that a a hollywood movie mm-hmm. was used as evidence mm. in a case that must have been an interesting trial too to have, to be you know to watch this because you know the first Halloween came out in 1978 so mm-hmm. it was re- relatively well known but I think Halloween really started becoming popular as the years went on and obviously people look back because when you know when it first came out it was relative unknowns in the movie and, yeah. and it was you know it's not like John Carpenter was a necessarily a household name yeah so even then it was relatively a newish movie and this was just the mm-hmm. sequel to the first one. And and also just the parallels between the murder and that scene in the movie. I, I'm sure that was pretty compelling. And I get they tried to, I guess, in his defense, say, do you see how th- this depicted in the movie could motivate someone like almost like a how to in, mm-hmm. in, in murdering and especially, you know, with the you know, a psycho pharma psychologist also was there to but what what the effects of the mm-hmm. drugs had plus the movie yeah. is a bad cocktail not good and not good whatever history he may have had and i think about 1981 i mean that's also the wonderland murders in 1981 there's just a lot of crime and the economy's pretty bad i mean, it's yeah. about every year but i when, when i as soon as i hear like 1981 i'm like this is 
was Reagan just got into office. Yeah. It's a very strange time in, in America and the world. And I always take a date and I put myself there and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like strange year. Plug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The podcast Strange Year. I was thinking, I was like, do you mean Stranger Things? And I was like, no, that's different. Yeah, huh. yeah no. I mean, early 80s were rough. They were rough. A lot of murdering happening and a lot of unchecked. Honestly, like late 70s into early 80s. Was just a really tough time for America. So the jury, they recognized there were some similarities mm -hmm. to what they saw in this movie. But ultimately, they found him guilty. Yeah. Makes sense. Solely guilty for his crimes, and he was sentenced to death. He's still on death row, or mm -hmm. I don't know what the case is. If they it, now he just has a life sentence, I don't know what the death penalty laws are right now. I'm, yeah, I, I don't, so I don't want to say what we got enough things to think about right, right now. Right, but he was yeah. he, he was sentenced to death. That doesn't mean you know you, you can be on death row for literally forever. Yeah, definitely. And some of the motivations that he didn't know them, mm -hmm. why he was in Fullerton. Yeah. No idea. I think a motive might have been money in a robbery. Maybe he was down there and then he saw the elderly couple and he made the yeah. connection. Or he's lying. I mean, there's also that case too. But it sounds like that's a feasible yeah. thing. Of course, an elderly couple, statistically, there might be a lot less pushback. But it's just it's, like it's, another like wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Like they were outside or like visible to him or he had access to them in some way. Just like. Bad, bad timing. If you, if, I mean, if you're out there, if you know of any other movies that you can think of, movies motivating murders, murders or crime in some way, I'm sure there's. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's so many out there. Yeah, I feel especially like bank robbery, mm -hmm. bank robberies. There's, you know, then there's always some kind of copycat. Totally. This and that, and there's you know always music and and you know culture is. It's reflective. It seeps in in how yeah. we take that culture and, mm -hmm. you know, what we do with it is, is I guess, up to the individual. Totally. But have a safe Halloween. Have a safe Halloween. Please stay very safe, but spooky. Make sure it's spooky. All right. You keep it spooky. It's like your, that's pretty much your Keep it spooky. Rate. We're not doing that. That's, don't <laughs> try to get that started. Spooky. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.